We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this edition of Handraise Guys, presented by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. I'm Neil McCready. That's Chase Parm. You probably know us by now here on uh, this Thursday evening, a little after 5 o'clock. Uh, get you uh, kind of wrap up our well, one more show after this one, but starting to wrap up our week of coverage here at rebelgrove.com. Two. Wineman tomorrow, too. Oh. Yeah. What do you have tomorrow? Caleb and Reese in the morning. Oh, another show tomorrow. Yeah. Good. We just don't Shows. stop. We don't stop. A gotta, uh, gotta, a Brian Rippey, Caden <laughs> Priestcorn story that I mentioned this morning when we were talking to Jeffrey. It will be up in a matter of hours. It is it is in the system. It is being uh, fine-tuned and edited when we are done with this here program. Uh, Carve out some time in your day if you're planning to read it in one sitting. You, get a sandwich. You'll, and, you'll, need, uh, a, you'll need a moment. Caden uh, has been through a lot. Uh, really appreciate he and his family for the time they gave Brian on this, uh, trusting us with uh, with their story. So I really appreciate Caden for that. But uh, you'll want to you'll want to read it. It'll be up at Rebel Grove here uh, later this evening. Seven thirty is kind of what I'm shooting for. So if I miss it, it's on me because he's done. It's in the system. It's up to me now. So sometime around seven thirty. This show brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names. Same great people, products, and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. You guys know how this works. It's about to get cold. It's it's warm out today. Um, it's actually kind of pleasant right this moment, but earlier today it was pretty warm. It's going to be pretty warm Saturday, Friday, Saturday. I think Sunday is the high of 80-something, but then the low is in the 40s. Uh, next week, there are days where the highs are in the 50s. So uh, it'll warm back up, but you know how this works. The cold weather's coming, so if you have not tested your heating system, now's a great time to do it because if something's wrong, you've got time to get it repaired, replaced, whatever the case may be. So get in touch with the people at Comer and Southern now. You'll be glad that you did when... I don't know, late November rolls around, December rolls around, and all of a sudden it's really cold, and you go to crank the heater up, and it doesn't work. 
That's not good. So now's the time. Get in touch with them and please tell them that you heard about it here on Henry's Guys, Oxford Exxon Podcast, MPW Digital, whatever. Neil, Chase. They'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just let them know. Uh, this will be uh, one of the Friday Oxford Exxon podcast. I'm doing an Oxford Exxon podcast extra edition later tonight. There'll be like seven, so just find it. Uh, but anyway, we're brought to you as we have been for the last 10 years by the Oxford Exxon. Chase, what's going on at the Oxford Exxon? Uh, you still get catering done. A lot of places can't get that done. You get into Saturday, get into Friday, have some problems. Give them a shout at the Oxford Exxon. They got the ribs. They got the pulled pork. They do so many different things for you. They will hook you up for catering in the Grove this weekend. If you need some items, if you need some beer, the beer cave, always open, 34 degrees, all your alcoholic goodness there with the Oxford Exxon. And then remember to stop in on Saturday morning. You know, you can uh, enter to win the pair of game day shoes. You can enter to uh, get some of the helmet decals for your car. They have those in uh, multiple colors and different things. So uh, really, when you're heading to town for Ole Miss and Vanderbilt on Saturday, just Stop in. They'll take care of you, whatever it is you need there at the Oxford Exxon. We're at the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote. Within 15 minutes in business hours, it's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what we've done. And that's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. Guests have joined Throughout the day and again tonight on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. The Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. The Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins. Always welcome at the Campbell Clinic, Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. And all of our content at MPW throughout this fall has been brought to you by our friends at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea, packs a flavorful punch, 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual twisted tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, twisted tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable memories. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. With Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. There you go. Yeah, the uh, I, I don't know. This will be a Neil question. The, Sammy, the difference between a rain and a rainstorm. I know the can size is different. Yeah. What's what's the difference outside of that? Uh, the rainstorm's smaller. It's uh, also a little less caffeine. Oh, is it it's really? It's not as big of a jolt. Of caffeine, it doesn't have three hundred. So I had one around three today. I would be better with that than I would have a normal rain. Yes. Okay. Yes. I only have the storm, so it's what I had. But yeah, that's later in the day. That's definitely your better bet, unless you want to stay up. (laughs) Like game Saturday, hey, pop up, whatever y'all call those things, and well, I I will probably no joke. Yeah, I will probably drink a rain around two o'clock Saturday, so that I'm two o'clock the right time for it. You don't need it like six. No. Oh, really? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm good. That feels too early. No, if I take one at six, I might as well just 
go ahead when I come home from the game yeah. after I finish with you and just do 10 thoughts. Because you're up. I'm up. Might as well. You had to take them that early. I do. Okay. I mean, I'm older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, if I drink a rain at two o'clock, I'm 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 up till midnight minimum. And if I lay down, I'm like, oh well, just counting, doing things. Okay, I. You could definitely substitute them out for coffee in the morning if you wanted to. Yeah, for sure. And then I've actually thought about doing that because rain doesn't break the fast okay because the sugar yeah and and coffee i'll be honest and people can take my man card have it i prefer i like coffee but i think i like coffee with stuff in it Do you really? a lot more than i like just black coffee you mean flavors or like cream or what what are we talking about well just a little i like i always put when i'm not fasting i'll put a sugar in the raw packet yeah sure and just a little bit of half and half okay not much just a little. Okay. And I like it much better than black coffee. I mean, okay. And I, I realize that makes me whatever. Just being honest. And so now I'm just having like half a cup of black coffee in the morning just to wake up. I'd be better off having a rain. I kind of unintentionally cut my coffee intake because we got an espresso. Mm-hmm. And there, I haven't been doing the full drip pot. So I'll just have a couple cups of, of an espresso and it kind of okay that's good enough because i tell you what i've done i've it's probably a very healthier thing because we're talking about from an ounce standpoint i've cut my coffee intake i'll be honest i know this is going to be but chase you need to settle down normally it was probably close to 40 ounces in the morning oh wow maybe of of coffee maybe well because look i would get up and i'd have a normal cup eight ten ounces i'd have another one yeah so we're up to 20 ish you filled that thing and up. i filled that thing up and that's 16 at least, right? Yeah, at least. My Blue Yeti. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's whatever. 16 to 20. So that's had coffee in it. Now I'll have, there's 7.7. It says so in the little pods. Two of those. So 15 and a half. 15. 15-ish. And then I will fill the Yeti up with water. Oh. So I've gone through 20 ounces of water now instead of 20 more ounces of coffee. That is definitely a healthier morning. Yeah. Or at least a more hydrating yeah, morning. more hydrated. Um, so yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I talk crap about them for a long time, but I'm. I've gotten. I've gotten in the groove with them pretty quickly. Tastes much better than a Keurig. Not oh, even. Yeah. Not even in the same ballpark. Yeah, that's what I mean. So that's all. Once you've had some good coffee, average coffee taste. What well, hey, a look. Really a, average. A pour over every morning would be the way to go if I felt like spending 17 minutes on my coffee. Yeah. If I had a butler, pour over would be the way to get going in the morning. Personally, though, I'm not going to go to the effort that it takes to do a pour over no. every morning. No, I'm not either. But it's that would be but the way to But at a coffee go. shop, if I'm just hanging out, sure, do me one. I'll wait on you. I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. My phone, my oh. book, whatever. I'll, I'll kill the 10 minutes. Absolutely. 16 ounces of fresh lemon, pink salt, and water in the morning as soon as you wake up, Taylor says. I buy that. Um, Tupelo asking, do I like any type of latte? I mean, I'm not going to spit one out, but no, I would. I, I will never order a latte. Nope, same. Um, I, if we, you told me I could never have another latte, I'd be like, okay, cool. The last time that we were at a coffee shop and I didn't just get a drip coffee, I think I ordered a cappuccino, but 
No, I mean I'm 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 cool. Um, I'm not going to. Eat. I'm like I won't drink an ice latte, for instance, mm-hmm. like where you put an espresso in there or a, an espresso shot in there and then fill it up with almond milk or something. No, nah, I'm I'm good. I don't want all the it's milk. Fine. Occasionally, we'll put cold brew coffee in a protein shake just to give it a different flavor because it's only like ten calories, and you swap it out instead of milk or something, and mm-hmm. do that with some chocolate protein powder and a couple things. You get kind of a kind of a coffee ice cream sort of deal there. I don't hate that. I know I, I know a couple of people that do protein sludges, basically create almost like a pudding kind of with protein powder, and they'll use just a bit of cold brew coffee to give it the the the, the wetness the Okay. The texture. I can see that. Yeah. Jonathan, I drink 16 ounces of water, half a lemon, scoop of AG1, and collagen every morning. Oh. Does the co- what does the collagen do? I mean, I understand collagen as far as when people in- inject it into their bodies, but what does it what does it do in that instance? It's yeah. like good for your joints and stuff, right? Is it? Is that the deal? Yeah. Because I've seen people put it in their coffee and use a little thing to make it blend in. Okay, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, Sammy, any of the, these things, that's the question. He goes, is buying a reasonable espresso, espresso machine worth it? it? It all depends on how worth it you think it personally yeah, is. Yeah, how, how much? I mean, it's look, it's why I fault the Nespresso forever. Because I'm like, am I, it's substantially more expensive than a Keurig. And it's like, is it? Is that a thing? Like, do I? Is that important? I mean... I mean, is it important? No. No. <laughs> Does that mean it's a bad purchase? Of course yeah, not. Right. I mean, different people value different things. Right. I mean, look, if you have time in the morning to enjoy a coffee, then it's worth it, and you, and, the, and the coffee makes you happy, then it's worth it to spend a little more on something that's going to have more quality. If you don't really give a damn and you're just pouring a cup of coffee to throw it down your gullet to wake up because you've got a race to work. Then well, the pour over is not the move or the really whatever. What's, what's yeah, the point, yeah. right? Just just get a Keurig and it's fine. It's fine. I mean, if you just need some coffee for some caffeine to wake up, a it's, Keurig's fine. One of the things with the espresso machine that makes and intimidates me is the need to clean it to the level that you have to, like an actual espresso machine. Mm-hmm. A, I don't know how to use the damn thing. And B, it looks like you have to spend a lot of time cleaning it, and I have no interest in that whatsoever. You're kind of OCD. You'd be scrubbing that thing every day and I'd making sure it, it was all I'd keep spotless. It, I'd keep it pretty clean. Tyler says, uh, let Chase take that Red Dragon home and hit it Saturday for the game. He'll have Tulane in the SEC by halftime. <laughs> um, good to see you. You can do that. Yeah, just a few twisted tees, a few rains. Be ready for the post-game show on Saturday. <laughs> Woo! Be doing the Ric Flair thing by halftime. I- I'm probably going to go to the game just to get the adrenaline from going to the game. I always get a little more kind of amped just being in the environment, yeah. even in the press box with all the idiots. Um, I was going to say, there's not a lot of amp in there. I kind of need it, though. I, th- I feel like on Saturday I'm going to need that pick-me-up, so yeah. I will go for a little while just simply for uh, – for for that uh chauncey asking do we do fantasy football i have not done fantasy football in probably at least five years and i've never been happier i can just watch the games and not worry about it um i did it all through college we had a league that lasted probably 10 years that was some buddies really really had a good time with it it finally ended and then um i did the the league that goes around some of the uh 
the athletic staff for a few years, and they took it way more seriously than I would um, normally like to to take it. I have not done fantasy football since 1994. I did it one season. My team won. I retired a winner. Did you really? I did. I, I mean, I didn't mean. I just never done it since. I still don't have. I don't have the time. I have a weird admiration for those people who go, yeah, I've been in, I've been doing some fantasy football and I've been doing it since 1988 or something. You know what I mean? You're like, okay. I mean, congratulations to you, y'all. I, mean, I was in a fantasy baseball league for years and years that was intense. And then it just got to be a point where I, I Before don't... Before the internet? Yeah. So would you do like, you have to, what'd you do? Like call in the lineups? You had to call in lineups and stuff and it was just constant. That feels labor intensive. It was labor intensive and I just, I haven't done it since and... I mean, that feels really labor-intensive. I just don't have time anymore. And what time I have, I don't want to dedicate it to that. So it's kind of like the coffee thing. If you love fantasy football and it makes you happy, well, then freaking do it. But if you don't... Well, yeah, sure. Right? (laughs) But if you're like, this is going to eat up a lot of my time and this is not something I really want Well, there's a lot of people do it that don't gamble because it has the same sort of effect on a Sunday. Every game matters in a way, or yeah. players matter. It gives that yeah. extra punch or that extra element that you need at that point. Speaking of element, also a good thing for the mornings to get you started. Yeah. We still got the code going, don't we? Code's going. Uh, we would appreciate any time you would like to buy off of our code. Um, <laughs> it does not give us cash, but it gives us product. Um, I... I could be quite the element dealer at this point in my uh, in my life. Probably know somebody who'd be happy for me to get rid of some of it. It is just like lining, like it looks like a backsplash right oh, now. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's everywhere. But because I have to also use the code within thirty days once we get it, so even though I don't need it, we have to go ahead and get it. Yeah. So I've just, it's just, yeah, it's it's everywhere. You start playing where you go, yeah, that flavor sounds great. Just try it. Why not? Would Dericky Wright be starting for Ole Miss right now? Yeah, almost certainly. He's he's a really good player. Yeah. Probably would be I would guess Ole Miss would have moved him to linebacker. Which is what I think they were planning to do before the change. that's the thing on fantasy sports. Yeah. If you're going to do it, you have to do it because of the integrity of the league, you can screw up everybody else. If you're the slacker. Yeah. There has to be some honor in at least showing up and doing the minimum. And see, we've hit the point in the NFL season where I would be bad at this because now that the NBA has started, the NFL is not going to have my undivided attention anymore on Sundays. Like this Sunday, the Thunder play the Nuggets at 2.30. I just know where my TV's going at 2.30. Yeah. Look, they all count the same. That one counts the same as the one in April Damn or right. every time. Hell I mean, yeah, it does. you know. Uh, what I would do there toward the end of fantasy baseball when I was still playing, even though I really didn't want to play anymore, is I would get up on Monday morning and just set it for the entire week. And I could at least set on off days and make sure I didn't have somebody playing or not playing on an off day. And then if somebody got injured or something, maybe I got to mess with it. But at least it was like 10 minutes one day a week, and at least you're doing the bare yeah. minimum to yeah. to act like you care to some extent at that point. But once you're not winning, you stop caring. Oh, yeah. 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 No. It's like Luker's picks are coming in a little bit later each week now. <laughs> The zeal has worn off a it little bit. It has certainly worn off. 
We're just trying to get to the finish line. <laughs> We're the three and eight football team that like, in November just just showing up. Like, you wanted to do this, so that's fair. <laughs> we still got a long way to go. Yeah, this week it was like seven games. Like, ah, it's plenty. Oh, kind of got to the end and went, oh, that's not bad. That was, no, it wasn't. That bad. Was, it was just seven games. That was over. We didn't talk about it this morning. Do you put any more credence into this Michigan thing now that they're saying it came from wherever it came from? I mean, a little bit. Well, I mean, it's true. That's I mean, not the question. I mean, it feels like they are determined to get him. By the way, I was at lunch today, and I saw Saban was on McAfee again. He does it every week, too. What's he making? You know, it came out what Rodgers was making a couple weeks ago. What's what's Saban making on this deal? I mean, I'm sure he's making a, a nice little piece. I yeah. also think this is Saban. We're still getting integrated. I think I think this is part of a very long transition slash experiment. Is this really what he wants to no do? Because no matter what the money is, if he didn't want to do it, he wouldn't do it. No, of course. It's not like he needs the money. He's cool doing it. Yeah. I mean, look, I said this back when it happened, when Ole Miss was getting ready to play them, and Glenn Gilbert wrote that story. I don't disregard that story. I know Glenn. I know people that Glenn knows. I know that Glenn's really connected to people who are tight with Saban. And those people say, hey, next year might be it. This year might be it. So I'm not disregarding that story. There will come a day where Nick Saban will not be the coach at Alabama anymore. I know he's not the only one, but it, given that fan base, it, it still makes me laugh that almost every public appearance he wears golf shirts, nothing well of him on it. Yeah. Rarely wears team gear outside of being at practice or a game. Kiffin's that way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just like some places would not handle that as well as others. Robert. <clears throat> oh, oh, oh. Hold on a minute. You're doing what? I feel like we've kind of piled on Auburn this week. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's fine. It's still within the statute. Yeah. No, I mean, Saban gives Waverly more attention than he does Alabama. And, yeah. And he wears a lot of old Waverly polos. He does. I don't know what that deal is or isn't, but. Maybe he likes the course. I don't know. I mean, but nobody at all is bitching because it's not like inside the state or something. What would you bitch about? <laughs> Who's calling Nick and He's going, won, hey. What's he won seven titles? Yeah. What in the world would you bitch about? Wear whatever the hell you want to wear. Nobody's got that type of clout, do they? Hey, well, hey, Nick. Why would anyone care? Even a little bit. Well, there's also like knowing the power, though, of like what you can do. Because it was kind of, I, I really laughed on the message board yesterday when somebody was like, Yeah, I'm surprised the view let Morgan Freeman wear that hat. And it was like, Hold on a minute. You think they're telling Morgan Freeman to change his cap? Like, come on. Not how that works. Like, I mean, if Lane Kiffin won seven national titles <laughs> at Ole Miss, he could wear Mississippi State stuff everywhere. <laughs> and he, when he might by then, just to troll. Well, people might think he was trolling at that point, and they would find it amusing. But I mean, I mean, just do what you want. <laughs> yeah, I just I saw Nick in the picture today. I can't tell what the logo is, but he's wearing a pink golf shirt that has some type of logo on it on the chest. But I, I think he's experimenting with the idea. Did Zion play last night? Yeah, he played okay. I think so. I didn't watch any of that game. Okay, I'm just curious. 
I mean, do you buy him at all? Do you still think there's a possibility he's a decent player? I mean, yeah, if he stays in shape, he's a great player. That's the quandary that the Pelicans have. If you trade Zion Williamson, and then two years from now he decides that basketball matters and he wants to get in great shape, and all of a sudden he's one of the five best players in the league, and you're like, well, that we screwed that up. Is grind being funny or is that true? Armour claimed a new championship today? They did go undefeated in 1993. That was their pr- probation year. And they, you, went, they went unbeaten. Can you claim it? I mean, Bama claims every year that they didn't go, un- like, basically, and they won a game. I mean, if you want to claim it, claim it. You didn't win the national championship. I mean, the year that Auburn should probably claim is 2004 and go, we got screwed because they did. They got named the champions by, like, Golf Digest or somebody? Something like that, yeah. I mean, they, they deserved that year to play for the title. They did. I mean, they did. They were. They were. They would have beaten Oklahoma. They were really. Or good. Whoever they it was. were really good. Was it Oklahoma? I think Oklahoma got to play, and USC just skull drugged them. Claim nineteen ninety three today. Okay. Is that really? That's what he says. That's a true thing. But why? Like, why today? What what, what happened in the last 90 days to go, hey, right now is when we're going to... Maybe it's what hasn't happened. Oh, we need something? I mean, they haven't won an SEC game in the last 90 days. (laughs) I had a buddy. I haven't even responded to him him yet. You claimed it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Here's one for you based off this morning's conversation. I need to write him back because he sent me a text. A buddy who's got some knowledge of at least one of these programs. Says, uh, hear me out. Willie Fritz leaves for another job and Rich Rod to Tulane. Sure. Because some history there. Sure. It's back in it. Sure. I'd buy it. Yeah, I'd buy that. I'd buy that in a hurry. Mm-hmm. The question I would have is who's hiring Willie Fritz at this point? Yeah. Willie's Damn good coach, but older. 60s? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but sure. I mean, yeah, if you're Tulane, you could do a lot worse than Rich Rodriguez. Yeah, I went, okay. Well, that's one I'll buy. How much did you love uh, Kirby's quote yesterday when he was asked about the Michigan sign-stealing thing? <laughs> it. it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I didn't notice. Yeah. yeah. Quote, there's nothing I remember about the Michigan game that makes me think that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Just, just. Hey, don't mess with them. I'm telling you, <laughs> Georgia's the team that you say they're really, really good. I don't know how we're going to stay on the field with them. We're going to do the best we can. It's going to be hard. And shut up. I mean, don't, don't poke at them. They. Kirby. He's really good and has it so figured out on what to say, what not to say. Just minding my own business, my program. Well, he's an excellent troll. Not causing any extra strife. I'm just. He never throws the first punch. But he will KO you once you. Oh, he'll Tyson you. Just don't do that. Don't. Yeah, why screw with them? Dear Lane, <laughs> if you get the chance, no. <laughs> That's not the punch to throw. No. no. Don't do something about the dog. <laughs> nope. Just let it be. Let Uggo. Leave, leave Uggo alone. Let it be. 
Go uh-huh. take your best shot. I saw this list since the last time we did hand raise guys. And I know that it was your favorite team for like three minutes or something. But the Chicago Bears starting quarterbacks over the last 20 years, okay? Because their most recent is Tiger uh, Tyson Bajent or Bajent or however you pronounce his name. Ba- Bajent, I think. Sure. Do you know his father was a arm wrestling champion? I did not. Yeah. Like over the top? Like 28-time world champion arm wrestler. So would it kill a sly and over the top? Yeah. Does, does he turn his hat around backwards when it's serious? Does he do the I, I didn't. I, I didn't notice him wearing a hat. Okay. Um, he's very, very confident as an arm wrestler. Was he? Very. No, no shortage of 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 of, of did not believe, hubris there. Did not believe that he could lose, and apparently was right. So, off the top of your head, how many can you name Bears quarterbacks last twenty years started a game? I'll be honest, I couldn't get anywhere near ten. There's dudes on this list that I forgot were alive. All right, so let's see: Justin Fields, that's correct. Mitchell Trubisky, oh your uh, boy, yeah my boy. Because um, there's only like four that are just completely obvious. Jay Cutler. Yep. See. Good God. Um, uh, I mean, I can give you a bunch of hints. All right, give but, me a hint. Uh, Saints quarterback in the last two years. Ooh. Redheaded. Oh, uh, my, my Andy boy Dalton. Andy Dalton. That's sure. correct. Um, good God, I'm not going to do well on this. Um, um. Bears quarterbacks last 10 years. Can you name a college? Uh, sure. Uh, USC. That didn't help. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Missouri. Uh, oh, oh, uh, 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 he was the backup forever for the Saints. He was. Um, um, <laughs> oh, Daniels. Chase, Chase Daniels. Daniels. Chase correct. Daniels. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, has a father that's NFL famous. Um, Marshall quarterback, Ohio state quarterback, Florida quarterback. You should know that one. He was in a super bowl for the Bears. Oh, Rex Grossman. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. We we could be here all day. I'll, I'll run through the list. Uh, Blaine Gabbert. Uh, don't see that on the list. I don't think. Uh, Tyson Bajin. This is going in reverse order. Okay. Justin Fields, Nathan Peterman, wouldn't have gotten that one. Trevor Simeon. Oh God. Andy Dalton, Chase Daniel, Mitchell Trubisky, Mike Glennon, Oof. Nick Foles. Okay. Matt Barkley. I should have known Foles. Brian Hoyer. If you really thought about it, Hoyer would have come to your mind. Okay. Jimmy Clausen. Josh McCown. Jimmy Clausen. Wasn't Jimmy Clausen the guy in like the meat market year that was like the Notre Dame quarterback that everybody was obsessing so. over? I Wasn't he so. that yeah, guy? I think so. Uh, Josh McCown. Your boy, Jason Campbell. Quarterback for the Bears? That's correct, yes. Okay. He started a game. Uh, between Josh McCown and Todd Collins. Wow. Caleb Haney. Jay Cutler. Brian Greasy. Kyle Orton. Jonathan Quinn. Chad Hutchinson, Craig Krenzel, Rex Grossman, Chris Chandler, Cordell Stewart. Wow. I mean, just a a list of dogs on that list. The 
Could have drafted Patrick Mahomes. They could have drafted Patrick Mahomes. Imagine living with that. Well, I live for the fact that had he lasted one more pick, he was a New Orleans Saint. So, yeah. Um, but at least you had Drew Brees. Well, that's true. We, did, we, did, we didn't go, hey, Mahomes is there, but Marshawn Lattimore. Right. Woo! I mean, you, you sort of already had the quarterback thing kind of figured out. I'd be in a different mood today, though. Well, that's for sure. But you still had Drew Brees for a long time. Do you know Saints games have gone under like 15 in a row? I wonder what percentage. They of can't them. get it low enough in the NFL. What percentage of NFL games are going lower? Just in general? Yeah, I mean, there's there's real talk around football circles that offensive line play has deteriorated to a point where you're going to really start to notice it. Does that force – does that make it where people who would typically be defensive linemen start being offensive linemen instead because of the money available and different things? I would think so. Do you start reassessing positions? There's always an adjustment. Right. That's what I mean. So here comes – some there there will have to be some form of an, of an adjustment, right? Yeah, my guess is that was what would that was that would happen. If if you are an offensive lineman who can stick in the league for a long time, you will now make a lot of money. Uh, give me the thirty second cliff notes on why I'm seeing a headline that says the NBA is investigating if Harden violated a participation policy. What are we talking about? I don't know. I hadn't read that today. Have you not? I know that the NBA has a rule now that if you if if you're available to play and you don't play, they dig into why you did not play. They, they, you can't just, you can't so just. So a star, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. can't just rest people now. Oh, you can't? No, I mean, like, you, you can rest a star, but if you can't rest the other star at the same time. So they can't tank games. It's more. In theory. It's more to just protect the fans. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, even you, waiting on that ticket and nobody and KD. Yeah. I mean, you know, you bought that ticket to Anthony and Davis and LeBron both sit out. The Warriors are coming to town and you, you, you paid to see Stephen Clay. Yeah. And then they're both sitting because load management. Yeah. Is that young fan coming back again? The NBA is investigating whether the Philadelphia 76ers and James Harden are in violation of the league's new player participation policy for their opening night national television game against the Bucks. We are looking into the facts around Harden's availability tonight to determine whether an approved reason exists for his lack of participation. It's an interesting early test of the new legislation meant to increase star players' availability for national television games. The Sixers decided to keep Harden in Philadelphia after he returned to the team following 10 days away with what the team called a personal matter. They believe Harden could better and faster get himself into game shape by remaining at the team's practice facility to work with the Sixers' development coaches and medical staff. Harden had wanted to travel to Milwaukee and Toronto, but the Sixers didn't believe he was physically prepared to play after spending so long away from the team. I mean, he held out the whole preseason. Yeah, I feel like this is not a good barometer. Right? This is what James Harden does. He's a great player. The rule says injury, personal reasons, or rare and unusual circumstance. I mean, the Sixers are pissed off at him. First offense is a $100,000 fine. The Sixers are pissed. That's not nothing. No, it's not nothing. Not to the, the team has to pay it. Yeah. Yeah. It says absence from the team was at least in part stemming from the request to be traded to the Clippers that was not met during the offseason. Give me a break. What? He's just. That's your boy. Come on. Not my boy. 
It's the other side of the thunder trade. Of Out James of the Harden. three of them, that's your least favorite by far? Easily. Is it? He was the one, when they went back to Miami for the NBA Finals, partied on um, South Beach every single night. They had to drag him out of the bars in the mornings. The night day of NBA Finals games. They won game one. They almost won game two. They did not almost win games three, four, or five, and a lot of that was because he didn't show. How long could that group have stayed together? One more year. Just the one more? One more year. There, okay. there, was no, there was no way they were all staying together. They all, I mean, Harden, I mean, KD and Russ would have stayed together. Okay. I mean, the interesting thing with, with that era is how close the Thunder got to drafting Devin Booker. He went one pick before their pick, and they were going to take Ooh. Devin Booker. And Devin Booker would have changed the thing. What? How is it different if the Thunder make the trade with Washington that they wanted to make? Washington vetoed it. After the 2012 season where the Thunder went to the finals, they wanted to trade James Harden for that number two pick in the draft. They were going to use it for Bradley Beal. Oh, Would have been a completely different team. You can do this what ifs. Yeah, it's, sure. It's one of the reasons when stuff when people do the pushbacks on the what ifs. You know, if only this play or this play. It's like everybody can do this, guys. You know what I mean? I mean, everybody can do the, and it's fun to do the. Hey, let's create a parallel universe where this thing happens, and then what? But the the butterfly effect of that is so would be so widespread that you really couldn't do it accurately. Dusty Baker did retire today. He did. Um, went ahead and he did hung it up. It sounds like he's still staying in baseball in some way. He gave a lot of outs that maybe he's doing some front office or he, something. He knows everybody. Players love him. He was seventy four years old. Be interesting to ask people. I've, I've I've talked to people before who have played for him. Like, what was it about him that they just liked him? He was one of those guys that you could talk to. Mm-hmm. He could kind of relate to anyone. Yeah. I think we've got Gray on the show next week. We'll obviously ask him about about him as he's hanging it up here. Um, now, younger players would get frustrated with him because he's a veteran guy. Is he really? So I'd be curious, like, from Gray's perspective, would you have – I know you, not to talk bad about Dusty, but would you have preferred to play for a more analytically driven manager who's playing fresh people and blah, blah, yeah, blah? yeah, yeah. Very much he has a way that he – I'm really interested in Gray's – Next step. Next step because it feels like he's established himself as a guy who might be able to play every day if he could get someplace. He's got to hit a little bit. Got to hit a little bit but needs to have more at-bats to be able to hit a little bit. Yeah. It's hard to hit a little bit when you're only getting to hit as much as he's hitting. And he did a really good job of showing, hey, if you just defensively put me out there, I'll play damn near anywhere. Yeah. And I'll do it well. Yeah. The Astros and, I mean, the big catch he made in the NLCS or ALCS, they were more than happy to put him into shortstop late in the game and be okay there. Yeah. Which says something. Oh, it says he can play. Yeah. He played third. He played first. He played short. I mean, he obviously would be a premium first baseman, but that's and not he could where be, He could be a utility guy, but you want to go someplace and play for somebody who values the utility guy. Like, you know, are you going to be like a Ben Zobrist? That was the name. That, yeah, that's where I was Play a bunch, too. you know. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he probably could play the corner outfield sufficiently. Yeah. The question is, do you hit enough to play what yeah, position? Yeah. That's kind of where he's at. Um, Baker finishes up with twenty one hundred and eighty three wins, 
all eligible managers with at least 2,000 wins are in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, he'll be a Hall of Famer. Manager of the Year uh, honors 23 years apart. He won two in the 90s and then won 2021 or 2020, whatever year they won the thing. You're too young to remember this, but I remember when he was the Dodgers left fielder. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was really good. He was on – when I was a kid, the Dodgers and the Yankees had this intense rivalry, and you just knew – this is where baseball's changed – you knew every player. When I was in North Louisiana, I can still name those lineups. He retired in 86. Yeah. He said bench coach for somebody in 88 to something and then started managing after that. First managerial job in 93 with the Giants. He was in a Dodgers lineup that had Steve Yeager, Steve Garvey, Davey Lopes, Bill Russell. Give me a year. 78. Dodgers. Yeah. Ron Say was at third base. Dusty Baker was in uh, left. Rick Monday was one of them. I'm trying to think. There's one more outfielder, and I'm drawing a blank. And they had, like, Don Sutton was on that pitching staff. and um, Steve Yeager, Steve Garvey, Davey Lopes. Bill Russell, Ron Say, Dusty Baker, Bill North, and Reggie Smith. Reggie Smith. Rick Monday. Yeah. Reggie Smith. Reggie Smith was a badass. Oh, really? Yeah, he was really good. <laughs> and then the Yankees had... Joe Simpson on that team? The Yankees would have had... Uh, this was, I guess, right around the time that Thurman Munson died, but Thurman Munson, Chris Chambliss, Willie Randolph, Bucky Dent, Craig Nettles, Reggie Jackson, uh, Oscar Gamble. Who's the center fielder for that Yankees team? Um, God, those were dudes, man. Lou Pinella. That Dodgers team, interesting pitching staff. They had a 35-year-old Tommy John and a 21-year-old Rick Sutcliffe. Yeah. On that team. Yeah. Don Sutton still pitching, obviously, in his a, early 30s. Don Sutton was a badass. Yeah, he was 33 on that team. 33 years old on that uh on that team. Such a different time cuz back then I mean like the Astros were challenging and they had that team that everybody talked about and the Phillies were really good in the early 80s. Dave Stewart was 21 on that team, 21 years old on, on the Dodgers. Team. Just getting started. Dudes. Yeah. Stewart ended up with about a 30 war for his career. It's not bad. Take that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Most guys would go, hey, it's... He was a badass. I saw a comparison yesterday that, from a straight batting stats, was a really interesting comparison. They were almost identical. Was Don Mattingly and David Wright. Oh, wow. Different eras, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But almost identical stats. Different positions, even. Third baseman, first baseman. But their offensive stats were almost completely equal. It was Chris Chambliss. Ben, it was Chris okay. Chambliss, and Willie Randolph was the second baseman. He and Bucky Dent were the middle infield for the Yankees forever. Nobody drinking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does Joe Torre have the best player-coach combined career? Billy Martin, question mark. I mean, Dusty Baker's up there. Torre won how many titles? Well, yeah, the that's Yanks. that's the, the and then you know Tory, for you Braves fans out there, I think it was eighty 
82, 83, the Braves won the division, and they were winning game one against St. Louis, and it got rained out, and they made them restart it, and they ended up getting swept by the Cardinals. Yeah, Torrey, four-time World Series champion as a coach, nine-time All-Star as a player. It was great. Hard to yeah, hard to beat that. One gold glove, one L MV, one NL MVP, one batting champion. Only twice AL Manager of the Year. Well, it's because they were so expected to win. Manager of the Year goes to the guy that overachieves. Yeah, and there was no way for those teams yeah. to overachieve. That's why for the longest time, David Ross was going to get NL Manager of the Year this year. Instead, it'll be the guy in Arizona. Ironically, he'll get it for what he did in the regular season. Braves Hall of Fame, Cardinals Hall of Fame, Yankees Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, had a, hell of, had a hell of a career. And then was an influential member of the Major League Baseball executive. That's incredible. Thing. Had an incredible career. That's really interesting. I see if we're missing anybody there. Kind of glancing through. Trying to remember when Thurman Munson died. Nobody, I don't know how we go down these paths, but <laughs> here we are. What are you looking up? Thurman Munson died August 2nd, 1979. So he would have played on those Yankees teams of when I was little. He was flying. It was just after the All-Star break. In Canton, Ohio. I was nine. Rocked a nine-year-old. But the Yankees captain and catcher could perish during the season. Yeah. Just didn't think that was possible. Those people were... They were gods. Yeah, there's nobody overly else obvious in this thing unless I'm just missing somebody. I think that's... about right he's won so many titles as a Yankee it's hard to or that Yankee team goes down as one of the all-time greats they just won with Jeter and Rivera and Pettit and O'Neill well it's like you know is a Braves fan 91 because the twins and the way that ended in the game seven just kind of lost to Joe Carter and the Blue Jays in 92 the one that stings to this day is 96. You win both games in New York, yeah. go up 2-0. Was that the Layritz home it run? It was the Layritz home run. Yeah. And then you lose all three and then get beaten game six back in New York. Yeah. You lost four in a row after being up 2-0, winning two in Yankee Stadium. That was the series that Andrew Jones was just red hot at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, he was great. Yeah, it was the 96. Again, it's that thing we talk about all the time. Like the Phillies, I'm sure they're living it right this moment. It's just so hard to win a championship. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Bobblefish says 27 degrees next Thursday morning in Oxford. We're officially there. Like so this said, is it this weekend. Like last yeah, one. I think so. I had pulled up an extended forecast because I was curious earlier today. Because I walked outside today and it was so freaking hot. For at least in my mind, it was hot for late October. Oh, it was hot. Uh so tomorrow the high is eighty. Saturday, the high is 83, low of 65. It's going to be I – mean, per, it's perfect weather for a football game, 65 degrees, probably 70 degrees at kickoff. Sunday, high of 84, but a low of 48. Monday, a high of 52 with a 60% chance of rain, drops to 37 on Monday night. I didn't ask for this commercial. Come on. Uh then Tuesday, high of 54, low of 29. Wednesday, high of 54, low of 30. And then next Saturday, I mean, if the weather holds for Texas A&M, high of 69, sunny, and a low of 45. I mean. Pretty perfect there. I mean, Ole Miss has gotten. the Times we- and weather. The weather, yes. the weather gods have been pretty good to Ole Miss football this year. Last thing on the baseball thing. I, I get that. I mean, managers aren't changing the sport because they're coming or going, but it will be kind of weird without Baker and Terry Francona. Is Francona officially? Yeah, it's yeah, done. I think yeah, so. I think so. Yeah. Two-time champion, obviously, both with the Red Sox. 04, 07. Came awfully close with the Indians. <laughs> Saw that one, didn't you? <laughs> Closer than I needed it to get. You would have bet on that at one point. God, that next day would have sucked. Terry Francona, um, three-time, speaking of what we're talking about, three-time AL Manager of the Year, neither one in a World Series champion year. 
Right. 13, 16, and 22, the years for his AL Manager of the Year awards. He won the Golden Spikes as a college player in 1980. Frank Kona. He did, yes. That is correct. Uh, an Arizona Wildcat. Oh, okay. Yes. They won the 1980 College World Series, and he was named the tournament's most outstanding player. How about that? There you go. He was drafted in the first round of the 1980 draft by the Expos. How about that? 22nd overall selection. Made his debut in Montreal on August 19th, 1981, a week after the end of the summer player strike. Somebody got tired of us talking baseball. <laughs> Hold on. I think this is Grind. I'm trying to get to you. What's up, Grind? Hello? Hey, what's up? Yo, what's up, what's up, guys? Hey, can you hear us okay? Can you guys hear me pretty good? Yep, we're good. So do yeah, you I think had you he handed the ball off, it would have gone okay, for cool. 50 on the first play? What do you, th- what, what do you think? Man, I'm, I'm okay. First off, it's that damn Robbie Ashford. I swear, <laughs> bro. I done seen Peyton Thorne f up a many a times. I done seen Peyton Thorne come out here and mess up all all season. And you want to blame Robbie Ashford because this is the game you so care about so bad. I know. I wanted, bro. When he said that, bro, I wanted to go through the screen and just choke the hell out. I wanted to. Pop his front two teeth out of his mouth. Just finish the job on this strangle. I'm like, bro, just just go ahead and say, yeah, hey, Auburn fans, this was my iron ball. Just go, <laughs> just go ahead and say that so everybody else can be mad like I was. Amen. Because it, it, I don't mean I don't understand. Preach, you're on, I was, bro. I, I was. <laughs> I mean, I was super duke. Because look, look, this this is my first thing, man. I t- I told I told I told my brother I was like, look, we watching the game. I said, bro. If Rob Ash would start this game, he cared too much. Because there's no reason for you to have been trotting Peyton Thorne out here every single game, and then you're going to wait this week to start Robert Ashford. Ain't no week four. And you know what the beauty irony of, of it was? If you would have started Peyton Thorne, you know what Peyton, Peyton Thorne would have did for you? He probably would have handed the ball off. That was the beautiful irony of it, because Robbie Ashford was the guy that's, you know what, you've been sitting Robbie Ashford on the bench all season. He's like this little Playful, ready little puppy dog. As soon as he gets out the cage, he's just running wild. So as soon as he gets in the game, you you don't unless it's clear. Unless you, Ole Miss would have had two guys on the edge, Robert Ashford wasn't finna get that ball off, and Hugh Freeze should have known that. You know, so you, you didn't kept Robert Ashford in. It. Let the man no, vent. You go ahead, man. No, no, no. <laughs> You're no. I, I'm still with you, Grant. You're a great test case because I've been watching you in the stream all year. You you were expecting six and six, seven and five. You weren't putting some crazy expectation on Hugh. It's the way he managed this shit like this that has you up in arms. It's not the win loss or the record. Because he's not coaching. He's emotioning. Yeah. He's emotional. He can't he can't look at it and do like It's not the loss that's bothering you. You don't here's Billy Napier. No, for, it is not. It is not. Billy Napier's playing Graham Merch. That's his guy, and they're rolling with it. And he's had some ups. He's had some downs. He's going to have more downs. He's going to have some downs on Saturday. But that's his guy, and they're rolling with it because Billy Napier's like, hey, look, this is a process. It's going to take a minute, and we're not there yet. You don't see him getting all freaked out emotional week after week after week. But Hugh at Auburn, and this is a mistake. This is a mistake. 
Hugh at Auburn turned Ole Miss into their big rival. And listen, Ole Miss people, don't get mad at me here. Don't. I'm just telling you, I've been there. I've done that. That shit won't work there. There are two rivals there, Georgia and Alabama. Those have to be the games that you as the head coach care the very most about. It's not, it's not an insult at Ole Miss or at Mississippi State or at anybody else. It just is what it is. Those are the two games, and you've, you can't suddenly coach differently because it's Ole Miss on the other sideline. They don't care that you used to be the coach. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I want, I, want, I want to do a 60 Minutes with you so bad. I just want to sit down like the 60 Minutes and just ask him so many questions. So why did you start Robert Ashford versus Ole Miss but not Georgia? And I just, I just, oh, I just or not LSU, or, really, or not LSU grind. I mean, he he saved it. He saved what he thought was his best weapon for Ole Miss, and didn't use it against Georgia in a game that now that in hindsight you go, well, you kind of could have won. Maybe I mean, this game was a one score game. You could have done it, right? I mean, that's what you would say. I mean, if 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 you didn't see the game and I just showed you the score, you'd go, oh, holy shit, Auburn had a shot. Because they did in the fourth quarter have a shot, but he saved Robbie Ashford. And hey, look, you're the guy making millions of dollars, Robbie Ashford. I'm sure he has an NIL deal, but it ain't millions. And so you can't teach him how to do the read. It's on you. And you said, "Oh, I was super involved in that this week. Really involved, big time involved in that part." Okay, well then you didn't coach him well. No. <clears throat> It's, and that's the thing, man. He is not – and y'all probably going to laugh, but, man, he is not pragmatic, man. My God, bro. That's that's my that's been my biggest problem with him. It, feel, it feels like his thinking is just all over the place. It's, it is it, – and then what, what what makes me really upset is the – it's like I have nobody to turn to, man. Because when I listen to the all the media, it's like they're, they're – it's like – they're analyzing the wrong things, man. They're actually taking the time out to analyze these sorry dudes on the field. Like, bro, you don't have to analyze the X's and O's with these guys. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody on on this on this team is gonna go to the NFL except maybe Jarquez Hunter. He's probably gonna be a backup running back. Maybe you don't have to spend the time out trying to figure out, hey, why is the O line, why is the D line not getting the pressure? Cause they suck. You need to be analyzing the program from a bird from an Eagles view instead of this ostrich view. And it just, it kills me because now they're trying to figure out, well, you know, I predicted eight wins, so what about seven now? Auburn has to go four and one. I'm like, bro, do you think Auburn's going to go four and one in these last five games? And so it just, and so now I get pissed off listening to that. I can't listen to that. And then when I try to listen to other stuff, it's just people just dog pile on them. It's like, I'm like, my, my goodness, I just need some just honest, just talk about Auburn. Because look, look, I'm going to say, I'm going to say like two things that are true. And it's crazy, and Auburn fans would be upset about it. But I'm going to name some programs. Syracuse, Wake Forest, Virginia, Colorado, Washington State, Arizona, Arizona State, Indiana, Illinois. Auburn has done something that all, only those programs have done, and that's go 3-9 and nine in the past 11 years, past 12 years. Auburn fits that category. Oh. But you know what else is true? Auburn has been to more championship games than Oklahoma in the past 15 years. So, I mean, you on, on one end of the spectrum, you have that. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you have, okay, wow, this program at its peak has, has reached higher peaks than Oklahoma in the past 15 years. I didn't say five. I didn't say 10. Yeah. But then also, 
they have the capability of stinking up the joint like a Northwestern or Colorado. And so it's really about can Hugh Freeze tone in that variance. It's not about trying to figure out, hey, let's see if he can win seven games like dude, whatever this season. The the conversation around Auburn should be much bigger, but it's just not right now. And that's the frustrating part, man. Is that because the media's fans? Is that really what it is? I mean, because I mean, look, there are people on this beat right now that are doing the whole I mean, I'm not making fun of anybody. It's just it's just a fandom thing that hey, would eleven and one get us into the playoff? And I'm like Look, I get that this is a fun little debate to have, but it's just so you're putting the cart so far in front of the horse that it's stupid right now. If if you beat Texas A and M and then hey, you go to Georgia and win, it's a totally different deal. We'll be in here. We'll do ten hours of post game talking about playoff. But until then, it's like it's just that conversation. You're not ready for that conversation, right? It's like it, that's that's like talking about marriage on the second date, probably a little early. Could work out. I but, mean, maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. but that's just kind of like, well, I don't know, why are we even do you, do you, why are we doing this? Do you know what the Monday? I, I read the the I guess the you know Monday uh, wrap up or whatever going into the new week. Do you know what it was for the for your, for the Auburn sister site man? I and I got that was the first time I, I honestly I honestly got mad reading something, bro. Like I got I got mad. And then, and basically, it was about hey, yeah, this team didn't do what you wanted to do on Saturday. It was a big one for you, Freeze, but the team, you know, is close, but they're not there. But you know, at the end of the day, this team needs you to pull up your bootstraps and go support the team one more time. Give it all you got because you know this team's gonna give it all you, all this got for you. And I'm like, bro, I don't want to hear this, bro. Like, you can save that, please. You can save that. Talking about pull up by the bootstraps and all that, man, leave that somewhere. Like, that's that's what I do respect about y'all, bro. I feel like y'all would never write the bootstrap article. No. Like, that's what I'm going to call it. Never. The, the bootstrap article. My goodness. I read, and I, I had, like, I just locked my phone. I locked my iPhone. I said, bro, like, it, that, that, was, that was frustrating. So, I mean, it's going to be, like, if Auburn goes what I think, if if they if they go what I predicted them to go, and I think they're going to go worse. I said six and six. I think five and seven is more likely than six and six now. And so if they do that, I'm I'm going to be curious of how the media reacts because right now they're reacting for no reason. Like that's 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 what's being frustrating. It's like it's like it's like I told y'all after the Cal game. Like when 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 I went into the the post game and everybody was down. I'm like, bro, this is not good. Like, y'all, the you know, whatever y'all thought about this team, it should change or whatever. And, you know, as the losses start coming, it's like the thought process of what this team is didn't change. It's, hey, man, you know, you know, we know we said eight wins or whatever. You know, they can try to go for seven. And I'm like, bro, that's not it, man. That's we, not it. We talk about this all the time. And it's one of the things that, that gets coaches fired. It's one of the things that changes things is it's – and we'll do it again this year because we've got a podcast every single morning. But, you know, you do April, May, June, July, and you're talking about wins and losses, W's and L's and tosses. It's not emotional because there's no game that day. There's no game that week. You're just talking – you're really talking about hypotheticals. And then when the season actually yeah. happens and the loss actually occurs – The emotion happens. It kicks in and it's totally different. The loss, even – like. 24 to 10, Alabama over Ole Miss. If I'd said on May the 15th, 
All right, Alabama 24, <laughs> Ole Miss 10. That's all I'd said. You go, ah, Alabama's really good. Went over there, just couldn't get it done. Happens. Then it happens, and people get upset because they just it, it's in the moment. And so with Auburn, like I was at media days, and I had people talking about nine wins, ten wins, and I was like, you guys, man, I, 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 that's not happening. You are creating, but it, it's, and I'm criticizing media here. That's where if I'm a coach, and if I'm a coach, the last people I want on my beat are the hardcore fans. And fans don't get that. They think, no, no, you want the fans on there because they're for you. Yeah, but they're so for you that they can't see you realistically, and they hype up expectations. And then when you actually achieve probably what was realistic, it looks like an underachievement. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a good example of that was the Cam Franklin commitment of us having a lot of fans on the beat. That was a that was a good example of that one. Yeah. But also, man, it's it's, it's like I say, like the you Kiffin, say, man, the it's, Kiffin it's thing last year, on. the Kiffin thing last year. It was, I mean, I I I can't begin to tell you how it was impossible to communicate with some of the people over there about. You would try to explain, hey, look, you're thinking about this in a conventional way, and. Lane Kiffin's not a conventional person, which means, and that's not a criticism of Lane, by the way. Everybody's different. But Lane wasn't ever going to evaluate that job the way that a, quote, conventional person would evaluate it. And even when I told people that, they they just refused to hear it. And I said, Lane Kiffin's the kind of guy that might think he's taking that job until it comes time to take that job, and then he decides he doesn't want to take the job. And I said, Lane's not going to look at He's just not going to look at it conventionally. He's not a conventional person, which means he's not a conventional thinker. And that doesn't mean that he's a bad thinker or or that people who are conventional thinkers are bad people. It's not about right or wrong, good or bad. It's just about is. And they wouldn't hear it because mm-hmm. in their minds, they were so clouded with the Auburn is a better job than Ole Miss. Auburn is a better job than Ole Miss. Therefore, he will take the Auburn job. And it was like, it's not that simple. And then even at the end, when I was telling people, hey, I don't think he's going. I, and I, this, I'm somebody who thought up until Monday, Tuesday of, of that week that he was going. Oh, I was there. But, but then, I was there. I mean, then the I was, pendulum I, I, swung. I was making a little joke, you know. The pendulum swung. And when it did, it really swung. And they just they couldn't hear it. They, they wouldn't hear it. They just couldn't imagine that that was the case because in their world, Auburn's a top five job. And look, let me, because this is going to be the last Auburn thing, and then I'm, I want to ask you about Arkansas. Because, Chase, I'm going to add context, because I know everybody talks about how we gave Gus that big contract because, you know, beat George and Bama. But look, here is the the real context of that. You had Auburn, who was 10 and 2, number 2 in the country. I think people forget that. Auburn was number 2 in the country going into the SEC Championship. It was number two, ten and two Auburn versus number four, eleven and one Georgia. So basically, if Auburn wins, they're in. Yeah. Type scenario. And in that schedule, Auburn had lost at Clemson, who was an eventual playoff team. They had lost to LSU, who you know Ed Orgeron or whatever. But they eventually won ten games. LSU went to the Fiesta Bowl that year, and you beat Georgia beat Bama, but then lost to Georgia. So basically, you went 2-2 two and two against teams that made the playoffs. I mean, you, I mean, out of, out of the four teams that made the playoffs, you, made, you played three of them that season and went 2-2 two and two against them. And so 
but at the same time, when I say that, it also speaks to how damn hard a job is too, man. Because like, even when you do got the guys, it's like, geez, bro. So, but I mean, Auburn fans, and I'm kind of in that group. I will tell you, Gus wasn't as efficient as he needs to be. But I don't, I don't like. I guess. I mean, after Gus, the good question is how much juice is really in that, you know, in that fruit. After Gus squeezed it out, how much, you know, juice is really in that squeeze? And, I mean, Harson goddamn left a whole lot of juice. I mean, that fruit's still full. Yeah, so, I mean, you're right. I, I, mean, I just went and looked at it. It's a really so, weird year because I, I was kind of stuck on the whole 10-4, and four, but they went 7-1 and one in the SEC. And you also have yeah. to think about it. That's when Arkansas fire track fired Chad Morris, and they was talking about bringing Gus home, and I think that kind of scared. Because at that time, Auburn did not have an athletic director. This was before uh, Alan Green came. Our president was that he just went ahead and acted as an athletic director at the time. And this then is after Gus Jay the Jacobs. Contract, and then we eventually fired the president. Yeah. Yes, after Jay Jacobs, before Alan Green. It was it was just a cluster. Like, bro, for whatever reason, that's if you ever want Auburn to be good, it's going to be something going on behind the scenes that's, that's, that's bad. Nothing can ever be harmonious. Yeah, you know. But I'm going to ask you about Arkansas, Neil. What's, oh, no, you can go ahead, man. No, just like, the last thing on this season, I'm, I'm kind of admitting more that, yeah, I completely agree with you. Because even I'm, I'm looking at their win, like their actual scores, and it's a four-point loss to LSU, a one-touchdown loss to Clemson, and then everybody they were kind of supposed to beat, they kind of beat the hell out of them. Like, it's, it's it's a really good regular season. That was a hell of a regular season. Go ahead. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and what, you know what kills me after that? We beat Georgia 40-17, and Gus got caught saying we beat the dog crap out of them, and we ain't beat Georgia since. That was that, that had to be, like, the worst thing. But and so is, is Sam Pittman through with, man, up there in Arkansas? Uh, I would say today it's a coin toss. Um, I think he can still save it. Really? I think he can still save it for two reasons. Really? Yeah, for two reasons. One, they just have a very defeatist attitude about where they are as a program right now. Um, And then the other thing about them is I I think Hunter Juracek – I think Hunter Juracek so badly wants Sam Pittman to work that he will give him as much rope as is possible. But now look – they were booing in the stands in the second quarter. They were booing in the stands in the third quarter. A lot of them left early when the mm-hmm. game was still a one-touchdown game, and those that stayed booed them. Um, you know, I, and I saw, I saw Hunter Juracek walking on the field, and he, with about two minutes left, he did not look like a happy person. Um, here's so. There's a couple things semantically for them is that. If Arkansas, I think the number is four and eight. If they end up four and eight because of a clause in, in Pittman's contract, the buyout for Pittman drops by more than five million dollars. So, you, so you know, and they have let's see, they have at Florida, Auburn, FIU, win, uh, FIU, yeah. and then uh, Missouri at home. Mm-hmm. That's their. I think that's the remaining schedule. They're two and six right now. So if if they don't win three of their remaining four games, which feels like a tall order, uh, they'll they'll go four and eight or worse. Um, and at that point, so they have two things they have to address. And I talked to some Arkansas people. I was up there last weekend, and we were talking to uh, a guy that's a big basketball booster. 
and I was asking about, I was like, mm-hmm. so what, I was like, what y'all's NIL situation? And he said, well, in baseball, it's really good. And in basketball, it's pretty good. Musselman really works at the NIL and, and wants more and feels like if he could get a little bit more, he could take the program up the next step. And they're right there. And so they, I mean, like they have an exhibition game against Purdue on Saturday. There's like 200 tickets left. I mean, they, it's a, they have a, he's got it going in basketball, period. But in football, yeah. Pittman, okay. Pittman is kind of a shoot uh, NIL. He doesn't really like to talk about it, doesn't really like to, to publicize it. There's guys that are getting NIL deals, but he's not embraced it the way that I think you probably have to embrace it. And then there's a school of thought up there. This is what this guy was telling me among some of their money people of, look, it's just really hard here. You're never going to get the coach that you need to get to make it serious, to, to, to do it. And so Sam's a good guy, and everybody likes Sam, so give him another year. And again, we're now we're talking about the, the, the logic versus the emotion thing. It's one thing to say that. It's another, yeah. thing, it's another thing to actually do that when he loses at Florida, when he loses to Auburn, and then when he loses to Missouri, and God forbid he loses to FIU, right? At that point, at that point, people are like, "Ah, this is stupid. We got to move on." And then it's, "Who can you yeah. get?" And they, so they have a twofold thing. If they make a change, is who can you get, and are you ready to finally dive into this NIL thing? And that's the craziest part about this. And I can hear people like yelling at me right now. But I was up there last weekend, and when you're up there and you see three Fortune 500 companies, and then. All of these, all of these satellite companies that are there, and you see the growth that's happening all the way through that area. You're like, man, this is like, this could be a sleeping giant. They've got an airport, all that stuff. But if you're not committed to it, and if you can't actualize that money from, hey, this is money that we should have to this is money that we do have, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. My my two questions to the Arkansas fan base would be one. Would you be satisfied with basically what the Kentucky fan base has embraced and accepted? Would yeah. that be fine yes. yeah, with they, Arkansas? They would take that in a heartbeat. If you could be a seven-and-a-half win program and be the basketball program that they are, yeah, they'd take that in a heartbeat. Okay. I, I've always kind of figured that Arkansas wanted a little more than that maybe, but okay. And I will also tell them, or I would say – even though with this new SEC coming, and I know you guys love to hate Texas and love to hate Texas a and the truth is, I mean, if you're stuck with Missouri as a yearly rival, it, I mean, it seems like you guys need to try to focus on more being better than them than more so putting all this effort into a game that you're like one in nine. Like, that's what I would kind of say to the Arkansas fan base, but I don't know. I mean, well, they're I mean, going yeah, to get say that they probably be cool with it. So they're going to get a gift in that next year's the last year that game's going to be played in Arlington, and next year's probably the last year that game's an automatic game because just the way the schedules work. So they're going to be able to finally work that thing out of their schedule and quit being like, "Hey, this is this annual rivalry this thing that we game. have to do." Yeah, they're they're, they're going to catch a break there because the SEC can't make that work. Okay. Because the SEC really wants Texas A&M and Texas to play every year, obviously. And Texas duh. is going to play Oklahoma. And, and yeah, well, and, they, and, the, but, game they, but, and mean, the other game they really want, they really want this Texas A&M LSU thing to keep going because it's, it's a ratings, yeah, it's a ratings game. I was going to say that. 
But me personally, as a fan, I like LSU Florida more, but I guess people don't care. I guess the SEC office, I guess that's not a big enough game or something like they that. Just but can't, I mean, they just can't do everything. Yeah, they can't I, do I everything. Like, and they—I well, think they want—they want LSU Texas to be a thing, and then they still want LSU Alabama to be a thing because, as much as the, we think there's Alabama LSU fatigue, there's very clearly not because CBS is like, we really don't care. Put that damn thing at prime time. Yeah, because the guy, the, our friend in I, Iowa, our friend good. in Iowa, he watches that game. <laughs> well, see, I'm going to tell you now, it's Bama folks that kind of matter that don't want LSU and Tennessee and Auburn every year. They don't want that. Of course not. not right now. Of course not. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, guys, I'm going to keep enjoying the show, man. Thanks, Grant. Thanks. All right. A couple things popping up on the internet while we're talking. Nothing crazy, but uh, I see Dellinger with a new story saying TCU coaches learned from other staffs about Michigan's elaborate sign stealing before the semifinal. They changed signs but used dummy signs to trick the Wolverines. Coaches told Yahoo. Oh. TCU players were just told to ignore the dummy signs. Oh, wow. So they went through a completely uh, separate deal there. And then this stats here, this is from our message board. Somebody tweeted them out. I'm going to find them. Should make you very happy about Pete Golding being your coordinator. Uh, SEC defense is allowing the lowest rushing yards before contact in league play. Okay? So lowest before anybody touches anybody. Ole Miss, number one in the SEC, allowing just 1.2 yards per rush before contact. Now, the other side of it, uh, SEC defenses with the lowest rate of missed tackles, Ole Miss dead last, and Ole Miss next, sorry, 12th in the SEC in rushing yards after contact. So you just need more dudes. You're doing a really good job of getting in the right place. They're running the correct schemes. Golding is doing a lot of correct things. Anything that is going wrong is simply because they are not making the tackle at point of contact once they're there. Who do we have? Hey, Yes. This is Rodney. Hey, Rodney. What's up, Rodney? I was, uh, uh, last Saturday, I was going, I was keeping up with the brain. I think it's called the brain drain. Yes. That is correct. That's uh, correct. Man, Neil, they was, they was, uh, he was uh, not very popular over No, that's okay. It's all right. But I will say one thing to the host. Uh, I think he was taking up for you. Yeah, I've got, I've got nothing. But some of the, I was, I've got nothing but love for Jay Tate. Okay. Yeah, he was taking up for you now. Uh, but... Some of those in the stream over there were saying, Thorn, he's a quarterback, right? Thorn? Yes, yes. yes. They were talking about he, he's better. I don't understand why he can't be good because he's better than Dart. I like to fell out <laughs> reading some of those comments. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'd put Peyton Thorn in the same category as Jackson Dart right now. Not even close. I mean, it, any more than – I mean, Not look, even close. Yeah, I mean – there's no debate over who the best quarterback in the league is this year. It's Jaden Daniels. And then after that, oh yeah. After that, it's I think it's Jackson Dart and Brady Cook. Uh-huh. What about uh uh South Carolina? I'd like to see Rattler on a better team. If he was Yeah, I'd like to see him on a better team. It's just kind of hard to do yeah. that mental calculus and get him there, but the kids played really hard. I mean, I've made the Jeremiah Masoli comparison and, yeah. and I think it's starting to have Real to, merit. Real merit, yeah. 
And, uh, well, I ain't gonna hold you long. One more thing, uh, mm-hmm. I got people I talk to, and I can't, I, I'm like you, uh, Neil, when I hear them, it's just crazy. I think it's a lot of the younger fan base, and they say that if we can get to go 11 and 1 in the playoffs, I just cringe because we got to get past A&M. Well, Vanderbilt first and then A&M. That's going to be very difficult. It is. It is. It with is. With their defensive line. It is. The A&M game is, and, uh, is going to be a But then a you challenge. got Georgia, so there's a breather coming next. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but, uh, and I remember, I'm not too young enough to remember, or old, I don't know how to say it, but yeah. I, 99, Vanderbilt come down here, got down 14 points, then beat us in overtime. David Cutcliffe's first year. So you got to play every Saturday. Well, yeah, that's, well, that's for all right, sure. Fellas, yeah. All right, Rodney. Thanks for the call, right. buddy. Appreciate it, bud. Right. When look, they're not very good, but if you get past Georgia, it's not like state's just going to roll over for you to go 11 and one that day. They'll you got be the ULM too, you know? Oh, well, let's ask you about that. <laughs> Stuff gets complicated. <laughs> Hey, who do we have? Hey, hey what's up, y'all? It's Mark Columbus. Hey, what's Hi, up? Mark. What's up, Mark? Hey, what's up? Uh, okay, am I? Does this make me a bad person? When I heard this Harbaugh stuff, am I? And I sat there and said, "Well, why wasn't Josh Heupel doing this?" <laughs> I mean. You, I mean, I just, you just like, see creativity uh, at this point, don't you? Like, hey, well, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, and the new thing that Dellinger just put out about TCU, uh, they did dummy calls because they yeah. got calls from coaches that Michigan had the whole – I mean, but I'm just saying, like, well, why wasn't Josh Heupel doing this against against Florida this year? I mean, yeah. I posted a question on the board. I should have put in your mail back, but and, – and I – and. Trust me, nobody enjoys listening to you guys and Jeffrey take a dump all over Hugh Freeze more than I do. I think it's hilarious. It's it's enlightening. It's gives a lot of context over a period of time in SEC football history that was had to be just you guys. You know, you guys lived it. You guys were in the middle of it, so I totally get it. But do you think there's a point where Hugh Freeze just becomes? the coach on the opposing sideline, or do you think he will always, you know, when it's all, whenever they play Auburn, assuming he's still the coach, which, you know, I put about 50, 50 by the time next time y'all play Auburn, where he's just the coach and you're not rehashing tales and who he is and all that. Um, probably a couple of different things to that one. I was actually told by a couple of people today. They thought Jeffrey showed restraint on Saturday night compared to what they were expecting. I did too. Um, <laughs> thought that he, outside of having the bottle of champagne ready to be popped, uh, it was, it was fairly reserved. No, well, okay. Look, you're always going to have the two years first when something like this happens, because you're going to get the, the game. This is not like when Tuberville left Ole Miss, you get the game and then you get the first trip back. So the first two times, you know what I mean, Mark? Like you got the next time as yeah. well. He's back in yeah. Oxford playing, and you're gonna have a little bit of it that way. The issue with that, to your question, it's oh, a good you're question. He makes it. That's my point. Is beyond those first two things, even if that second one happens, is 
well, I mean, what is Auburn? Do they are they mediocre and he's just getting fired and you're beating a puppy at that point, or are they really competitive? And then it becomes, hey, can Freeze dash some hopes or do this or do whatever? Like yeah. the problem is that B storyline that's always going on right there because there's just there's just too much water under the bridge. I mean, he did so many things positively and negatively, and everybody has an opinion. Nobody goes, hey, Hugh Freeze era. Man, I don't know. It's fine. And then uh, the people who are here, and this includes all of us, we also know things that never got reported. And so it it just turns into a mess. A, there's just a lot there. Do you think that, let's say, 15 years from now, they have a 25-year anniversary celebration for the Sugar Bowl team. Do you think he's there? Or do you, or do you, th- do you think he comes? Uh, do you think he's welcomed? 25 years, so that would be... 25 years. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be fine by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a 10-year, I don't okay. know. But yeah. In 25, I haven't sure. gotten to hear y'all's take... Oh, I'm sorry. I haven't gotten to hear much of y'all's take on the Michigan thing. What do y'all think about it? Neil is having a hard time getting worked up on it. He's defending the uh, the program against the NCAA in this. I'm I'm trying to get worked up about it, and every time that I try to get worked up about it, it's like you know you know when you go for a run and you tell yourself if I'll just get going here, it'll turn into a good run. And the first few steps is like my knee hurts, my hip hurts, my feet hurt. It's a little cold. It's a little wet. My air pad. I'm kind of there. I just can't. I'm trying. I really am, but I'm I'm having a hard time getting super worked up over something that happened in front of a hundred thousand people. I, I I I and I also am having a really difficult time believing that they're the only program that did it. My thing is this: look, this is college football. It's dirty. It's scummy. I'm not surprised that this happened, but I'm also living in the middle of it. Where and look, what you need to understand about this Ohio State beat is they all kind of think they're in the program. Like they, like they took the Ohio State beat took those last two losses to Michigan very, very personally. Like it really hurt them. They've been kind of, you know, having gone to sleep in a week because they're analyzing all this stuff like it's the Spruder film, trying to prove that there's no way Michigan would have won the game. No. Jim starts you two years in a row. I don't think it's because of a guy named Stallion. Sorry. The guy's a Super Bowl coach. I mean, I don't know. I just. I do think this. The, the, think the, one, the one thing I do believe is I believe this it, is it for Harbaugh. I do not think he will be the coach at Michigan next season. Even next year? No. And so here's, hey, here's a question for you guys. We haven't even talked about this. Assuming they just want Harbaugh and not Michigan, and Michigan kind of gets off out of this okay that's a big time job. Who takes the Michigan job? I know I'd hire. Who? I'd go hire Kyle Whittingham. Ooh. Ooh, boy, he'd be tough up there. Ooh. And that's what I thought. Instead, I knew I know why Ohio State did it because they wanted to keep it kind of you know keep the Ferrari going. If they're going to give it to the Brian Day and keep everything else in place. That's why I would have hired if I was Ohio State. Oh, he'd be scary because Michigan's fine being that boring, just go play football program, too. Like, they wouldn't, the they, they'd let him do that. He's good. He's damn I, good. That'd be my, he's, Ooh. that guy can coach. <laughs> he's been at Utah for how long? You know, he, 15 years? Well, since Urban left. Yeah. Since Urban left. He took over for Urban. And, wow. 15, and, 16, 17 years. He's 63. Do, Oh, he's 63, and it'd probably be hard to do that then. 
I didn't realize he was 63. I, I tell you who I'd try to hire at Michigan is I'd try to hire that cat at Washington, DeBoer. Does that fit? I don't know. I'd throw a bunch of money at him. Everything I hear about that guy is he can really coach, and that Washington team is good. Do you think Urban Meyer has the – what's the word? Gravitas to go to College Station and tell those boosters to just write your check and <sighs> get the you-know-what out? Oh, boy. I don't um, know if he take it. I don't know if he wants to get back in or not. I don't know. I have no idea. By the way, Whittingham has been in Utah State. since 94. Okay. Like, there's people – there's people that think Urban Meyer is going to East Lansing. Like, they're no, out of God, mind. No. He's not going to Michigan freaking State. No, he's not going to Michigan State. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, but Texas a So the question at A&M would be kind of twofold. In today's political environment, could you sell it? And then two – what would the SEC say? They wouldn't stop it, but what would the SEC say about Urban Meyer returning to the league now that we know some of the things that happened at Florida? Look, no boosters going to tell Urban Meyer what to do. Oh no, no, no! It will be a fit. No, the question would be like, the question but, would be: Could you yeah. sell it in this political environment? Because you're you're saying the quiet part. No, you're, well, I mean, I know with the Aaron Hernandez thing and all the stuff that came out and the stuff that he probably yeah. kind of covered up. I mean, there's a lot there. It's it's, and then he had the thing and and you know when he was with the the Jags and you know it wasn't the best look in the world. It doesn't make him a. It, it just makes him a football coach. But it wasn't. You get what I'm saying. I mean, you yeah. you have to say, hey, can we? Because if you do it, you have to say we're all in on this, right? It can't be the. The, the grambling Art Bryles thing where you hire him and two days later when the negative columns come out, you're like, oh, never mind, we're never, we'll forget it. No, you're in. And it would take a ton of money and you would be out the 60, and by the time you paid off Jimbo's staff, probably 75 to $80 million. I mean, you'd have to be really damn committed to it. And you'd have to believe that Urban Meyer still has the stomach to work that hard. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if he does, you're going to win a national championship in three years because that's what he does. I mean, if he's there, if he still yeah. got it. Yeah, if if he still got it, if he's if he's committed, and if, if he, he doesn't, still got it. if he doesn't yeah, still know. have he it, he might not want to coach. Who knows? Yeah, and if he but if he doesn't still have it, and you throw all the money at him, now you've just compounded your Ugh. issue. Exactly. Because <clears throat> it's the, the the it's the league's tough and getting tougher. Because I was just wondering if he would, if he, like way Saban did at Alabama, if he would have the gravitas to go in there and tell those guys, look, you write your check and just leave. Yes. Get, sit back and enjoy the winning. And, he, and here's I the, he would. and here's I the other one guy that would. Yeah. Here's the other side to that. The only way that job's ever going to work. I mean, it's, it's now Kevin Sumlin and we've now gone through Jimbo and I'm sure people before that, the only way that job's ever going to work is if you get someone like a Saban who walks in and that's a huge if. That's what I'm saying. But you get someone like a Saban who walks in the door and goes, it's my program. Get the hell out of the building. I need your money. Send me your money and then just show up on Saturday and enjoy the wins. Okay? Enjoy the wins on Saturday. I'll win. You leave me alone. I think Urban the one guy that could do it. Yeah, He's the only guy I can think of. I think Urban the one guy that could do it. Yeah. How old's Urban Meyer now? I think he's the only guy that could do it. 59. Yeah. Yeah. Because, look, when we played them, when we played them, they were better than us. And Josh Heupel didn't really have a good day as far as his in-game coaching goes. And still, we still beat them, maybe not handily, but, you know, 
had no problem beating them, and they were better. They got more talent than we got. Jimbo just, I mean, it was just never used it in the middle of the field. Like it was bad coaching. Even I could see it. I don't know anything, but like, and Hypo didn't even have a great day as far as his decision making in the game. And you know, mm. but anyways, <clears throat> excuse me. All right, y'all. Thanks for taking my call. All right, yeah, Mark. Appreciate thanks. it, Mark. Have a good day. Yeah, that is one job. Even if somehow he had a chance, you don't have to worry about it. Lane Kiffin's not going to Michigan. That's way too cold for Mr. Kiffin. <laughs> He's no. not going to Ann Arbor. <laughs> no. no. If he goes to Michigan, it's to coach the Detroit Lions. Yes. I mean, yeah, he's they're not, indoors. Yeah, he's not doing no. <laughs> that dude wraps up when it's seventy-one outside. He's, he's out. Hey, who do we have? Hey guys, it's Austin. What's up, Austin? Oh, not much. I'll, I'll be quick because I know you guys are up against up against time i'm pretty sure but i just had this quick question so i'm not one of these unrealistic 11 and 1 type fans that thinks you're going to go into georgia and beat a&m like it's no problem but i did just want to get y'all's opinion on this so hypothetically you know if ole miss were to win every game left that they're going to be favored in that's a big if by the way sure hypothetically do you think like Maybe like the Orange Bowl, Fiesta yes. Bowl. You yes. think that's on the table? Yeah, I think an access in at ten and two. I think you can lose. You can lose to Georgia and still absolutely get one of those top six bowl games. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's orange or cotton is what they would be. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. Nine and three is citrus or whatever is right below that, but maybe even citrus. I mean, this is getting way ahead. The one thing that might hurt them with the cotton is this year the which where is the group of five champ because it's Tulane it's if it's too looks like it's probably Tulane and they probably wouldn't want to rematch I think I think they're going to the Fiesta Bowl this okay, year the okay. group five champion so the Ole Miss would probably go to the Cotton yeah which would be great news for Dallas because the last two times Ole Miss went to the Cotton dear God I've taken plenty of folks yeah I think that's what it would be oh. they haven't been to the Orange Bowl since like 1933 or something is that right yeah yeah, I, I haven't even looked that far ahead, but yes, ten and two will get them into an access bowl. I just really think it'd be cool to go to like maybe the Orange Bowl because, like, I looked it up. The last time that Ole Miss was in the Orange Bowl was nineteen thirty-five. There you go. Oh, there and you go. that's just, that's just crazy to me. Like, I mean, for selfish reasons, like you know, part of me thinks the Peach Bowl would be cool if they could even do that one, but I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, I just I'm I'm not I'm not I can't get there. Like I don't know where part of the fan base's brains are going when they think, you know, A and M's just gonna be easy in Georgia, you know. So many people are talking themselves into it. I just I don't understand it. I mean it's fandom. They are more gettable. They're, they're, they keep that in the context that we said. They are more gettable. But they've not lost a home game since twenty eighteen. ESPN FPI gives Ole Miss a thirty percent chance in that game. Really? Yeah. Oh well that's not nothing. Thirty percent. Interesting. I think they can do it, but they'd have to play a perfect game. Well, that's, that's for just sure. my opinion. Yeah, they have to play, obviously, whoever, not just Ole Miss, anybody to beat Georgia has to play incredibly well. I mean, yes. 
I just uh, I, I just really appreciate you guys taking my call, guys. I hope yep. you all have a great weekend. Thank Absolutely. you. Appreciate Thank you. It. Yes, Ole Miss was beaten by a Catholic University of America in the nineteen thirty six Orange Bowl. I wonder if they still signs. That is a Catholic research university in Washington, D.C. Oh. So, How yes. about that? Yeah, I don't think they've had a very uh, high-level football team in quite a few number of years. <laughs> I was going to say, no, no rematch to be had. But they got the 1936 Orange Bowl. They won that bitch. So, yeah. What are the, pl- what are the playoff games this year? I guess it's got to be Sugar and whatever I'm forgetting off the top of my head right now. Um Rose. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, who do we have? Hey, you're on. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Booth Buys. Hey, Booth. Hey, what's, Booth up, what's up? Man? Hey, um, hey, guys. Uh, just uh, real quick, I want to piggyback off that previous uh, coaching conversation. Uh, kind of interested me when we talk, started talking about. Uh, Urban Meyer, uh, do y'all think that after that ended at Jacksonville, do y'all think he's really that hireable PR-wise? Because it got really weird at the end. I just kind of wanted to know y'all's thoughts on that. Kind of my thought is that you'd have to really – look, you'd have to do a pretty deep dive into it. So if you're thinking about it, you should be starting now. And you got to know that, hey, that was just kind of a one-off deal and that there's not a lot more stuff. And then you got to understand that the whole – documentary that got done on the gator boys and all that stuff and all the things about aaron hernandez and the cover-up and all of that stuff's going to get out there and you've got to make sure that you as a as a as a as a administration are going to support this that once you do it you're completely in you can't waffle and turn around and go well we didn't know that well that's on you that you didn't know it you have to be completely bought in on this is your guy and you you have to understand that the Christine Brennans of the world are going to beat you up, and you have to just take it. And it's like Ole Miss with, with Chris Beard. You knew you were going to get – I give Keith Carter a ton of credit for this. He did all of his homework. They did a deep dive. They felt good about it, and then yet they knew, and it, they knew it was kind of going to piss them off a little bit, and that a few of them were going to give them – but you couldn't respond. You had to just take it and let it pass. You knew there was going to be these columns that would be written about you, you You don't care about anything. You don't care about women. You don't care about your female fans. You don't care about this, and you don't care about that, and you're a bad person, and you're a bad person, and he's a bad person, and you're a bad person for hiring a bad person. You knew all that stuff was going to come, and it did, and then it passes. With Urban Meyer, you're going to get it in spades yeah, it's, because it's football. It's exponential. You're going to get that in spades. And at Texas A&M, which is a kind of, you know, they the, the media doesn't really like A&M because A&M's a conservative school and all that stuff. And you, 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 you better make sure that you... The, the skin is thick. You better thicken it up. Well, no doubt. I, I think, you know, when you're at a place like that, they have, I mean, it's just... You almost have too much NIL money at your hands to not be good. And when you get to the point they're at, if I were Ross, I would just <laughs> you go hire your guy because you you can't please everybody. You know. Well, it won't be you Ross. Kind of got to trust your gut. Ross will go shake the hand of the people that they of the person that yeah. they tell him to hire. It, it it's going to come down to the money people, <laughs> and then it's. But then that's the part of the problem, and that's where Mark is right. 
once the money people make their hire, they've got to go away. And that's where they've, they've just been unable to kind of do all that anymore. They, they, everybody, there's too many people involved in it, too many people making decisions. And I mean, you know, was the Petrino thing Fisher's idea? I mean, cause if it wasn't, then it wasn't worth doing. And, and you're at some point you've, Ole Miss has done it with Kiffin. You hand the program to somebody and go, we're getting out of the way. It's your program. Make, make it what you will. Make it, make it what you can. I mean, it, it, Alabama, Alabama did it with Nick Saban. That's the best example. And, but people don't realize, I mean, how just disorganized and dysfunctional that program was prior to Saban taking over and all the in, involvement of people and the, the way they would pull different coaches in different directions and all that. And Saban walked in and, and I mean, he told, um, he told the people there that hired him, the only way I will take this job is if I have total autonomy. And they had to get to a place to go, okay. And you know the rest. And I don't, can, can that happen at A&M? I don't know. I was covering, I was kind of covering Alabama at the time. So I sort of understood the dynamics there, but I don't know the dynamics at Texas. Mal Moore would have been. Who that it was, was the late Mal, Mal Moore who went down there and basically stalked him and and talked Terry Saban into it. And Nick Saban's reservation was, "I'm not dealing with boosters. Mm-hmm. I don't care how big the booster that, is." It's probably it's another reason why the Auburn job can be so difficult. No, it is. Where, it, no, no, it is the reason. Yeah. And Auburn's been unable to do that. Like, look, I mean, in the whole Kiffin thing, there was a a, a prominent Auburn booster that was never in on Kiffin, that was always sort of sabotaging the idea. I mean, it was, and I I think it was one of the things that, in addition to family concerns and all that, which I think was ultimately 90-something percent of the reason, but I do think there was some things that happened with Auburn where Kiffin was like, man, do I really want to do this? He would have more, or he has more autonomy at Ole Miss than Auburn. That probably had to put a huge oh, factor in him saying. Sh- for sure. Absolutely. 100%. Well, all right, guys. I uh, appreciate y'all taking my call. Have a good night. Thank you. All right, guys. Urban Meyer. Yeah. That'd be. Oof. That'd be interesting. I have plenty to talk about. You could text. Uh, Text Ross, see if Urban will come on the show. You mean ask that? Yeah. Just ask him. Hey, Ross, just curious. Would you hire Urban Meyer? And if you do, can we get him on the show? Hey, who do we have? Hey, you're on. Hello? Yeah, you're on. Hello? You're on. Hey, guys, it's Bob. Hey, Bob, what's up? Nothing much. How are y'all? Good. Doing good. Yeah, I'm yeah, on, yeah. Uh, I think you. I think I'm you've got us. Number two. Okay. I think you've got us on a delay. On a. On, if you're listening through a device, get off the. Don't. Yeah, because I think you have the delay going. You definitely have the delay going. Okay. Is it still there? It's better now. I don't know. We'll tell you when you keep yeah. talking. Should I just try to call back? I no, think no, you're no. Good you're now. good. You're good now. Okay. 
I'm doing good. I'm on drink number two. I'm about to head to downtown Bay St. Louis and grab some dinner with some friends. Um, I will say this, Chase Parm. I don't know how tonight's going to end for me, but it will not be any worse than whatever the hell I had to watch last Thursday night. I I told Neil earlier in the week, I felt really bad for Foster Moreau. And outside of that, it was just the most pathetic. Oh, I felt terrible. Brand of football that was pop. I mean, they offensively, they are atrocious. Nothing about it works. It's almost like they shouldn't have made the guy that told them, I don't want to be the offensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator. Yeah, it is. And I'm not saying it's Carmichael's fault all the way. Well, because I was all in on Derek Carr there for a second, because I, I think Derek Carr is actually a—he seems like a really nice human being. I was too. I know, I've been I get seeing it. stuff like his interactions around, like on the sideline, and his answers to media stuff. He kind of seems like he's emotionally imploding already. It, well, it's that realization that we're coming into right now, where it just doesn't I mean, it work. It is what it is. Yeah, and, and and dealing with it in that way. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I was ninety five percent sure. Like, look, it's over. But there was also that five percent of me that was like, "Hey, man, you get in the playoffs and you get hot at the right time. You never know." But yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I, it's basically one of those things. Um, I was going to go to at least two games this year, but I'm not even sure if it's worth it now. I mean, I'll probably go to one just because, you know, hang out in Champion Square and stuff, and that's a lot of fun. But, oh, completely changing the subject. I don't know if y'all have been on social media the past hour or so. What the hell did Matt Weiss, who I don't know, for those that don't know, he was the former offense coordinator at Michigan. He got fired before the start of his season. Apparently, he's being investigated by the FBI now. I saw the FBI was involved, but I didn't know why. All right. Something about... Doesn't the FBI have bigger fish to fry than this? We got got more important stuff than this, right? I'm reading. As a country? Unless he's done something that's non-football related? Computer access crimes. Well, that's that's where I... When I saw the computer access crime thing, I'm like, oh, Not man, related to the investigation into stealing of opponent signs. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Hacked a player's... That's where it's like, oh, shit, what was that guy doing? Hacked a player's email, according to Ben? Involving, not complete, but yes. Can't do that. Was that what it was? That's at least part of it. That did not appear to be the whole story, but yes, he appeared to be doing something invading privacy of players. That's a little strange, but yeah, I don't know why or how yeah, or anything I'm else. A, I, don't know. I I heard uh, Mark say that. Uh, what did he say? The guy at Utah would probably he thought that they should hire the guy. Just, at Utah it's who they thought he they should hire. I don't. What, what's Wisconsin look like this year? Uh, I haven't fine. even kept up with them. Not not great, but it's transition. They're changing everything. So I mean, he'll he'll get fickle. Will get lots of time. 
I don't know. I was kind of really big on Fickle when he was at Cincinnati. I feel like he would do very well at one of those top four or five Big Ten jobs. I mean, everything I heard was that his dream job was Ohio State. So, I mean, that I don't know if Michigan would do that. But there was someone on the board. I, I made the joke. I was like, well, you know, Lane needs to start scheduling some IHOP day dates in Ann Arbor in a little bit when all these kids start hitting the portal. And someone made the joke, well, do you, if Harbaugh is gone, do you actually think you guys will have to make a post? Uh, denouncing that Lane Kiffin to Michigan isn't a real thing because I, I don't think Michigan wants any part of Lane Kiffin. It, the, and I think that might be mutual. Neither I mean, side has any interest in the other. I mean, unless you can figure out a way to move Ann Arbor a lot further south, that's no not happening. Closer to uh, the water a little bit. The equator. Well, the closer, to the, water. closer to the equator. Yeah, y'all don't yeah. y'all don't understand. It's it, yeah. it's seventy five degrees out there, and Lane's wearing a sweatshirt with the hood up over his head. I mean, he's cold, incredibly <laughs> cold natured. I mean he he's gonna have gloves on when it gets into the fifties. No way. Yeah, he. I mean that that game last year in Fayetteville, he was he was absolutely <laughs> miserable, and it was cold, but it wasn't that cold, and he was just. That was also a very weird time period in his life. Yeah, his yeah but even yeah, if it I hadn't, he just had a rough night. That one. even if it hadn't been weird, the, the he was he was he's really a he's cold. a southern coach, west coast. He's that, a west coast, deep south. Yeah. yeah. But uh, all right, last thing before I head out. Uh, I mean, the listen, the, 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 the one Alabama's next head football coach. It's his uh, job. Uh, it's Dan Lanning. Lanning. It's it's his job if he wants it. It's, it's going to be landing. Yeah. If he, wa- if he wants it. For the longest time, I thought it was going to be Chris the ball. And then I think. Absolutely not. I kind of kicked the shit out of that one. Yeah. Greg Byrne yeah. interested I, in that. I, 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 yeah. But all right. Y'all have a good night. Thanks. Right, thanks, Bobby. Yeah. If there's one thing I feel good about, it's that Lane Kiffin will never go to Chicago for Big Ten Media Day. No. Don't think that's in his. Uh, uh, frankly, the the college job that I think would be the biggest threat to Ole Miss is still Miami. Yeah, I mean, it's what I think. It's what I thought two years ago, and I still think it today. All right, we'll take one last call, then we're going to wrap here. Hey, who do we have? Hello. Yep. Hey, you're on. Yeah. Hey, uh, I had a quick question. Do you do you guys think Jackson Dart goes pro after this year? And if he doesn't, and he does come back to Ole Miss, I mean, what does that mean for the other quarterbacks in the room? Because I'm pretty sure Walker Howard was was betting on the fact that he was going to be the starter next year. I do not believe he goes pro this year. No, I, I, I don't think that's the case. Um, frankly, right now, I feel like he's the quarterback here next year. Yeah, I do too kind of face of program trying to get him in the playoff next year judkins and dart and you're building around that sent me because that seems to have okay. calmed down too yeah I, yeah i was just curious about that because i know you guys said it before the season started and i kind of agreed with you at the point that you know jackson dart was going to go pro after this year if he had a good year and i don't know if he's having that good of a year or he, his deep ball is not really there like he's not ready for that work, to be a high draft pick especially in this class um he's also only 20 years old 
Yeah, no, he's not. He's not there. And look, I, this is not about Walker Howard in or out or anything else. I have literally no idea. I don't have. I don't. I have no source there whatsoever. But we're just in a college football landscape where quarterbacks are going to leave and go and move, and it just is what it is. It's almost not even a story anymore Agreed. in some ways. You are the starter. You're the starter, or you're potentially expendable for your purposes and the team's purposes. Agreed. Okay. Uh, I was just curious about that because I got to thinking about it the other day, and I was like, I don't think he would be a first or second round. He can't pick. double transfer though, and he hasn't. He's not ready to graduate. So, talking about Howard, yeah, yeah. That's the problem is I don't think he could leave right now if he wanted to, unless he just wants to sit out and go somewhere the next year anyway. I mean, Dart's the one that his other option. And listen, I don't think this is going to happen. Would his, be to just graduate and leave. He could he could get in the portal and leave as a graduate and go someplace as a as a grad. I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be an option on his table. Yeah. Uh, as for Walker, I don't think Walker has that option. No. And Simmons Simmons could still yeah, transfer because he hasn't used his transfer yet. But there, he's not on the clock yet. He, yeah. he knows he's not the yeah, quarterback. Yeah, that, that would be if, – if he left after one year, you'd be like, well, what were you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was also uh, – I've just – I don't think it's going to happen because I think I think the fan base and Kiffin's had enough of it. But the, the whole quarterback competition to start to start the season. I mean, Jack, I, I had a buddy of mine that I was in the Marine Corps with from Oklahoma State, who was texting me all through fall all, or all through preseason camp. My bad. There you and, go. And uh, he was saying that Spencer Sanders was going to be the quarterback, and I said, "What universe are you living in?" So. <laughs> I was just curious about that, guys. So thanks for the time. I'll talk yeah. to y'all later. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Right, right. Yep. Bye. We will, uh, we'll wrap it up there. I've got a uh, got a show coming your way in just a little bit. Uh, SEC basketball. Blake Lovell was terrific. You'll enjoy the interview and then a, a visit with Ben Mintz. We'll talk uh, Ole Miss Vanderbilt, SEC, National College Football games this weekend, and uh, kind of go through the NFL weekend coming up. Lots of content on the uh, on the site. Lots of content at MPW Digital. Lots of content on your on your way. Um, Chase is heading back to edit a, a story, and then he's got a podcast tomorrow. So a whole lot of stuff coming your way. We will have a post game show Saturday night, presented by Dead Soxy. We'll wrap up by Vanderbilt and Ole Miss, and uh, obviously we will be back here on Monday with another full week of uh, podcasts, getting you ready for uh, Texas A and M at Ole Miss next Saturday at eleven at uh, Vaught-Hemingway. So for Chase Parham, I'm Neil McCready. Again, thanks to the people at Comer. Thanks to Southern for sponsoring this show each and every week. We will talk to you again soon.